0: welcome to another edition of
1: welcome
0: (laughs) you like that guy Uh, yeah mr cunningham you figured out my plan almost until the very end that's what i kind of feel like i just picture some old stooge in a suit looking out the window not turning around (laughs) you walk in the room and he's like, you figured out my plan almost mm-hmm. until the very end. What the Sam Hill! What the Sam What the Sam Hill! Damn your eyes! Mm-hmm. Welcome to another edition of Orgy of Sound. If you haven't picked up on it already, we're a couple episodes in or a few episodes in or a mile <laughs> down the road. Johnny Barnes and Nick Stevens giving you the most. The best with the most or the most with the best. Yes. Either way, the, the best, best of the, the best.
1: The ghostest with the mostus. The ghostest with the mostest. It's always fun to say.
0: Um, oh, fuck not? This year, the year is nineteen ninety eight. Okay, a little album came out mm-hmm. that year. My L- 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 the... junior year high school. Uh, Jack Jack Irons is on drums. Ha! Uh, and uh, Eddie Daddy. Better had permed his hair, so it was a weird year. Um, <laughs> Yield. The album is Yield. Yield. The okay. song is yeah. "Given a Fly," the first single off the album. Bam! Um, and for those of you who may follow the band or may not, they did actually release albums after the album ten. Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> they they kind of went the other way than other bands.
1: There's a lot of fans with this band that, that are definitely split. Right. Their era, like, right. I won't go beyond this threshold. I won't go threshold. beyond Versus, yeah, I won't go yeah. beyond Vitalogy. I know a lot of people like that, yeah.
0: Yield is is Yield is a step up in terms of the um, faster-paced rock style songs, but still Jack Irons on drums. It still has a different kind of feel. This first single... Just the tone alone on the guitar for the first single track of the record. Very different from anything we had ever heard. from. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And this is what, one, two, three, four, this is the fifth
0: album? This, this is the fifth album.
1: Fifth yeah. studio LP, yeah.
0: And then we hear him come in. I'll never forget where I was. I was in my dad's geo tracker, and I made him st- pull over in the mall because DC 101 had announced they were gonna play the single every hour right. of the hour starting at eight. This
1: is before, yeah, the internet. That's, really how, that's, how, that's, how, that's how. That's how. That's how. That was the promotion factor and for a big band. We all too. sat there.
0: My dad would kind of interrupt, and I'd get so pissed, and I was just like, "Oh,
1: no, let me go on, so. Dad! Shut up, Dad!"
0: You know, just those drums. Oh yeah, that Jack groove. Listen to the vocal melody. You know, this was a band that was that had no qualms about developing. Had no qualms about developing, had no qualms about experimenting. And this you know? is from
1: someone who I wouldn't go as far to say I was that guy that wouldn't go past Versus, but I love 10, and I especially love Versus. Right. But growing up, my mom loved Vitology. And my brother was oh, like, interesting. my brother was like picky about them. He always thought Vitology was depressing. Uh. So he didn't <laughs> like that record. Yeah. But he was kind of like, to his credit, because he's 40, okay. he's a little sick of the first two albums. Because they were just everybody overexposed, you know? Which is funny because I was a late
0: bloomer on these guys, too. Like I said, by the time I came back from the houseboat on Spain detail, uh, I was still <laughs> immersed in Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses. Somebody gave me 10, and I loved it, but it really wasn't until Vitology, when I was in middle school, that I was right. started, you know, you get more angsty in middle school, you know?
1: You get a little bit more, uh, I don't like this, you know. Yeah, well, that album definitely was a little bit more like, you know, they were. it was like reflective and toned down, and they're like, let's not make it sound bombastic. Right. And they started off on that path that eventually led to kind of this middle ground with the band, because I know a lot of people, and I want to say, my, once again, like I said, I want to say myself included, but our close buddy Andy at Andy Can See, right. <laughs> he's a huge Pearl campaign fan. Right, right. And he, this is his era. Right. Like he was like a ninety four to like two thousand ish guy.
0: And if I remember correctly, he was not the biggest fan of the middle period where the band went a little bit more in the style of Neil Young, like that No Code style. Right, and that was it. before or after? Before, this right album, before. Album. That's right what before I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: No Code. But I remember him liking the song a lot, and I know for a fact because I've been listening. Talk about old CDs. I've been listening to a Incubus or a Pearl Jam slash Incubus mix he gave me probably in 2005 mm. or 6 that was his like cherry his go-to. chosen right. stuff and the opening song is a famous live version of this oh interesting okay that's like one of the most popular versions of this from they have, a, they have a, a million recordings i know but
0: it's a popular song it's considered like it's obviously a single the first single off the album it's a album. killer
1: performance of the song too. it is
0: i mean they they especially with matt cameron on drums now it's i mean they crush it um but I will say this: like Nick Stevens, we know you're pro yeah, why, why is why are you not getting the cuts? Why can't it be? You sick Why? <laughs> you know, no. The reason is, kids, is because we're doing anything we want on this show. I would say okay? for sure. But another reason why I picked this song is here we
1: go, Slametosius.
0: If you if you go back, we're going back, and you listen to that vocal melody. We made it to you tonight, smoking
1: mm-hmm
0: okay yeah and then if you go to another little song
1: oh a little treasure tree here there you go i always loved this song
0: too this song is a fucking gem yeah i have to say this is you know this this is a classic and when given a flag came out you know there was talk. There was talk. There was. There was murmurs. There was. Yeah. There was they were rumors. like. Hold on.
1: Whispering. Hold on. I thought Eddie quit weed by this point. He's right. just. He hold sounds on. like he's getting stoned and listening to Led Zeppelin four, bro. ho, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Yeah. Did he just rip off some Robert Fucking Plant? And the hilarious thing about that is the MTV News. They yeah. interviewed Robert don't, Plant don't, don't, and don't. Jimmy Page, and they were like, they played him the clip of the song, and uh. then they both were sitting there and going, "No, it sounds good. I don't, I don't really." Yeah, what's well, the fucking problem, over here? I, I don't think it means anything.
1: Well, I'm about to say they're also famous for or Jimmy Page is famous for ripping people off, so <laughs> it's all good, you know. But I
0: mean. I think that's Gentle pretty... borrowing. It's Yeah, gentle borrowing. It good just...
1: compo They always used to say, good composers borrow, great composers right. steal. Right. But it's for a reason when you're a musician, you know right. it. It's because this, you're, you're taking little snippets of absolute cream, right. gold, and learning from it and adding it into your toolbox to do. You know? Right. I mean, once again, it's like... Eddie Vedder and the Neil Young thing. He rides his nuts, but it's for the right reasons because that's what he's trying to get across. Or Is that warm authenticity, and that's what like I got from Andy liking them, as opposed to thinking of like old Eddie Vedder, long hair, like jumping off the crowd, like the cock rock thing that people thought they were about, right. which mm-hmm. eventually became obvious that they were not. The, no, they that were. was not their shtick, so this stuff was just the epitome of them getting that kind of concentrated and crystallized and honed in. You exactly, know? and this was um, warm the American album rock, that, that you know? this song
0: came off of was shortly after they kind of lost their battle with Ticketmaster and had to go back to the giant Ticketmaster on the hands and knees and basically say, like, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to... In order to go to more venues and, and tour to more places, we're going to have to succumb right, to this you're giant You're big, beast. we're big, we just right. got to go with the, go the with monster the and we the machine. We can't play is clubs best anymore. Before. I guess this sucks. You right. know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's interesting that, like, to grow up with a band like that and, and evolve... And don't worry, kids, this is not going to be the first and only song that... <laughs> <by this> band, <laughs> you better get this strapped in, you know? <laughs> But it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's like you said, you talk about influence, even if there was some subtle influence with the Robert Plant thing. I kind of love that there's a little bit of that there and I and every time I hear going to California I think of Giving a Fly and every time I hear Giving a Fly Well I think but you're also referencing
1: like I said they were into making good songs that's absolutely. what this band is known for that's, absolutely they could have been like more gone in the musical direction and been less songy which some people don't like because it became more like gritty and warm and like less punchy and I don't but, consider you know, either song to be <laughs>
0: and I don't consider like one to be a rip off of the other I consider them both to be companion songs in my in my own little world yeah. in my own little mind you know just like my playing style, my writing style is largely influenced by a little band called Pearl Jam. Right. This way Eddie Vedder's writing is largely influenced by Pete Townsend and Neil Young. But they it's took their
1: Yeah, they took their influence and became like a stand up. band. they're yeah. not like a shitty ass like modern band that mm-hmm. like What's that band that sounds just like Led Zeppelin that, like, is huge, that makes me sick to my fucking oh, stomach? Oh, yeah. What do they called? A shit, fl- fl- shit. Fl- Greta Van feet. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it'll pop up in my feed, and I feel like strangling the cocksucker. They they sound like they're musically talented. They sound like they can play. Right. right. It had nothing to do with them being able to play. It, it has to do when you <laughs> listen to something, and it beyond, it feel. It just, you look at it, and it's like, what the fuck? So the point is, like, you know, yeah, I might broad brush a little bit with a band like that, but a band like Pearl Jam, has had has so many amazing songs across yeah. their whole uh, discography that you know I feel like they're a little bit of borrowing from a from a cool ass classic song was well, done in the right way because this song is not a fucking Zeppelin song. No, the chorus, the stuff when you listen to the live version and forty thousand people singing this, every word of it. You hear yeah. This drum. yeah. Yeah, they're just and it's cool you reminded me that it was Irons on this because I was trying to remember oh, the that, other day. Just,
0: let's, get, let's give a listen real quick. Just those drums
1: because they traded a lot of drummers over like three or you four hours. That
0: constant stick—I don't even know what he's doing to do that.
1: He's like playing like his his sticks on the snare rim. Yeah, but
0: it, I, it almost sounds like he's got two sticks on the other
1: drums as well. So it's like I'm, I don't know how he's like. He's kind of playing both. He's kind of hitting it with like this. He's not holding his hand over it like cross. it. So yeah, man. See, I wish he's a rhythmic he, drummer. He's a chili you know, Chili Peppers dude. I mean, once again, he's a funky guy. So he's a he's he's funky guy playing in a band that was getting away from that. Right. So it's cool, you know. Ooh, here we go. Here we go.
0: Let me get that classic Eddie Vedder.
1: I did. I was jamming out to that that live version, man, or whatever version that is. You get like the chills when he goes right into it because the crowd is it's my the favorite. crowd is huge and they are really into it. You it's know? one of my <laughs>
0: favorite songs off the record. No matter how many times I've heard it, no matter mm-hmm. how many times I've seen it live, um, just because it is a beautiful song lyrically and musically, and yes, it bangs. Yes, it rocks. And yes, it matters because, like I said, I still remember that day in my dad's tracker right. and making them pull over.
1: It was a <laughs> real deal, listen, yeah.
0: You know, before we went in the mall to get some a pair of pants or something.
1: Right, but yeah, like <laughs> I said it, it, it touched you and you still remember it. I know that exact fucking deal. And like I said, a band like this definitely was a big part of your development. And he I loved know, like you know. that
0: I was into that. He even brought me the album when it actually finally came out to my school and picked me up mm-hmm. and we could listen to it in the car together.
1: Well, this band was definitely at this point in their career too. It was a little easier for someone right. parent in the 90s and late early 2000s to listen to it was compared to like oh, right. your corn dad they're right. like oh what is this shit <laughs> you know they were like kind of a rock band yeah. Right. once again they probably oh, heard this outro they probably heard things in this band that they heard and stuff that they were listening to 20 30 years before right. that was like more like you know something they could you know chew on yeah and like I said I was enjoying listening to it because it's not the era I would jump to, right? I've never had that album on anything. Andy had that album all the time right. around. I couldn't. I mean, I just remember the cover and the whole thing, but at the same time, you know, it's um, it's just a classic.
0: It's a classic, and I was getting so hyped for the album when it finally came out. Our mutual friend Sean, me was like, "You know, dude, I think I'm actually." Getting high from this album too. And he subsequently became a Pearl Jam fan after this album. There you go. Hadn't really. So not only was I able to celebrate this with friends in, in a communal sense, but we were able to convert some people too. And that's what it's all about, right?
1: That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, you know?
0: Get him into it. Get him into don't it. Don't be a fucking afraid. Listen to some music. Hey! To books. So I kind of snuck two in there on this episode, but you know, you get the idea. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, circle back so. to going Bam! to California,
1: don't you? Yeah, world. yeah. so you had a method to
0: the, the old madness there. <laughs> Tune in next week when we saunter down yet another beaten path, or not-so-familiar mm-hmm. path, depending on which way we turn, right or left, in or out. Oh. <laughs> Take her out. <laughs>